So it falls like even my eyeballs are sweating here. <laughs> All right, welcome. Good to have you guys here again. And just uh, we're going to continue um, with our Vision Sunday. And I know we had Vision Sunday, but then we broke it up into three parts. And oh, even part two today, I don't even know if I can get through one. But I'm going to try and, and just share what I believe God has laid in our heart for for this year as a church. And uh, last week I spoke a little bit about the importance of having a vision. Uh, that every one of us need to have a vision for our lives, a plan, a purpose going forward. And we, we read the scripture in Habakkuk 2, uh, verse 2 to 3, that says, The Lord answered me, he said, and write down the vision, like, listen, write it clear and on clay tablets that whosoever reads it can tell others the time is not yet. And so the word of God says that it's so important that you and I write down the vision of our lives. What it is that God wants to do in and through us. What do we want God to use us in? What do we expect? What's our expectations of church life and of God? And, and what is God's expectation of me as a person? And I think it's so important that we do that kind of thing. And just make it clear. You see the word also says in Proverbs 29, 18, it says this. Where, where there is no vision, the people will perish. And so the word says if there's no vision, the people will perish. Now it's not good enough to say, I just, I just want a job. No, no, no. You, what job do you want? You know, I just want to get married. No, no, no. Who do you want to marry? What does your wife look like? What does your husband look like? It's important. In church life, I want to get involved. No, it's important that you get involved and say, Hey God, what is it that you so desire of my life in this year, 2023? And we spoke about Psalm 23, how important and significant it's been for the year for us. And we encourage each and every one of you just to read Psalm 23 over and over again. Last week we spoke about the importance of gathering the importance of just meeting together and what it is that God wants to do in and through our lives. And this week, I'm going to continue and the second part, and it's grow um, in the things of the kingdom of God. Now, when I, before I even get to the word grow, I think there's one thing that I've got to say to each and every one of you is this. We said last week, you have to be intentional about your life. But just not intentional. You've got to learn to be consistent. Now, intention, to be intentional and to be consistent is probably two of the most important things that we carry around with us each and every day. You see, I don't believe that we need to make New Year's resolutions because they only last for a few days. I don't believe that we need to go on a diet or keto or banting or whatever it is out there because we want to get healthy. We need to make the change not for a period of time, but for a long period of time. You see, what we need to do in our lives, not change for a season, but it has to be a life change in each and every one of our lives. And this is the problem, though, is that we think that everything we do is for a period of time. We think that, you know, just for, well, well until I weigh 80 kilograms, or, or until, you know, I can run 10 k's, or, and so we put this little goal in front of, which is great, but it's just to achieve and then fall back to where we were before. We haven't changed our lives. We haven't changed our lifestyle. We haven't changed the way we do things. And I asked this question last week, that why do we do the things that we do? It's great to turn around and say, you know something, I've committed to reading a chapter of the Bible every single day. It's not a challenge. You should be doing that every day in any case. It should be part of your lifestyle. Well, I'm going to fast here and there and there. No, no. You're fasting. Why? Because you want to encounter God in a new and a fresh way. So it's not like you have to do this to achieve this. No. We have to get the place where we look. What do our lives look like? What does your life look like? And this morning I'm going to speak on the physical, 
and the mental and the emotional side of, and the spiritual side of your life. And I think it's important that as the year starts, that you and I take account of our lives. We have to take an account of our lives. Or we can, what, what is the, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Now how is it possible that we can do things over and over and over the same way, but yet we expect something different to happen from it? And that's a problem we've got in society. Is that everything that you and I do is somehow short term. You know, I want, a, I want a 21 day diet, or I want a 21 day prayer, prayer, prayer um, thing, or you know what, I, I want to run for 22 days. Why? Why not get to the place where the, what it is, and if it is va of value, you add it to your life in a permanent thing? Our lives need all of these kinds of things. And, and when we start to speak about grow, the Oxford Dictionary says this, the definition of the word grow says, the process of increasing in size. It says, or the process of developing physically, mentally, and spiritually. The spiritual growth is defined as this, the life of God in us that grows and increases. The life of God in us that grows and increases. That's what growth is. That every living thing on this planet has to grow. The minute that we stop growing, we die. If you start feeding your plants, guess what? They die. If you start feeding your animals, guess what? They die. And it's the same with our lives. If there's certain things in our life that we are not feeding, it will die. The problem is this, that most of us in our spiritual lives, we, we treat our spirituality like a hunger strike. That somehow we want to read one little bruiki for the dach, you know, in the morning, to say the Lord's Prayer, but expect God to pour out a revival upon our business and upon our families. And as much spiritual food as we get, that's the spirituality that you and I will produce. That is, God just doesn't get up, you know, and, and join the Springbok rugby team and, well, well that's it, I, I can do this. No, it's years and years and years and years and years of training. Yesterday I decided to, you know, it's January, you know, so we're getting paid this week, praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, I'm so broke that I had to cut my own grass yesterday. But my backyard's only about my grass, only about this big. So I haven't cut my own grass since October last year, you know. So I hauled out the weed eater and I was like, Whoa. I don't even think I was a third of the way through. My arm was like hanging like it's like, I said, I'm getting old. I can hardly cut the grass anymore. But it, what I wanted was saying to you is this, that if I exercised more, that would not be a problem. That if I spent more time doing that, it would not be a problem. That I can run 10Ks, if I practice for 10Ks every single day. But when it comes to physical, emotional, spiritual growth, somewhere along the line, we just want to be on an IV drip and just seem to exist. But we, yet we want the abundance of the process. We don't want the whole process. And it's good, it is like that, that when we speak about the physical, uh, spiritual, and emotional, it's part of our lives. It's not that you can do one more in the other than the other. That we can be as spiritual as we want to. We can read, you know, a Bible every single week and we can pray in tongues for eight hours and we can do worship. 
Well, let me tell you something. It is just as important to take care of your physical body. As now you've been 300 kilograms, but you can quote scripture. The one has to bind in with the other. Why? Because the one feeds off the other. Let me tell you something. If you've got no control over your, what you eat, and I've got room to speak, but this is just December. Eh? <laughs> I normally got a six-pack. I'm in showroom condition normally. <laughs> but but if, 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 if we think that we can just be so spiritual, but not take care of our emotional needs, or take care of our physical needs, what are we doing? How do we survive that? That you think I can just be fit and I can do 100 sit-ups and 100 push-ups and whatever it is. No, but I don't do any spiritual stuff. It doesn't help me when I come to church. Same emotionally. If you and I are not taking care of our emotional needs, how do we grow? Hendrik started this thing. I don't know if you guys have been watching him. He's become world famous for it. <laughs> Doing hard things. And I don't know, he only has an ice bath. I don't know, that's not really a hard thing, but in any case. <laughs> but he, he does sit-ups, he does push-ups every day, he goes and runs, and he, he does things. Hendrik's not a small chap, he's, he's a bulky, you know. But he does hard things every single day, and I, I looked at it, this is so cool. But we shouldn't call it a hard thing. Because it should be something that he does naturally every day. Like the Word of God. That if you do not exercise the Word of God, we're not going to grow in the Word of God. If you and I do not exercise our prophetic tongue, we don't, we're not going to be able to use our prophetic tongue. And this is important that we get this this morning. You see, I, I've been joining this thing of, of what it is that God so desired in my life, and I've been taking account of, of me, in a sense. Of the things that I believe that I need to change in my life. You know what I'm talking about. We go through this every year, you know, we get to certain age and and we start, where's my spiritual walk? And I think it's important that, that every now and so often we, we look at that. We look at where are we physically? How are we emotionally? How are we spiritually? I think it's important that we look at ourselves, as, if are we, we ask ourselves, are we growing in any of these areas? Or are we just becoming stagnant in our lives, stagnant in the way we do stuff? The toughest part about what I'm preaching about today is this. That it feels like all the really good stuff are the stuff we need to give up. Who knows what I'm talking about? It's like the Coke and the burgers and that will, and the exercise we don't like. But we like the burger side of stuff. But our bodies don't grow strong and our bodies don't grow healthy when we do these kinds of things. You see, we've got to get to a place in life, and I believe that this is the year 2023, where you and I need to learn to grow in the things of God. We need to grow physically, and we need to become strong emotionally. Corinthians 13 uh, says this, and it's in verse 11. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away these childish things. Who remembers that scripture? That you've got to come to a place in your life and in my life where change has to take place. And whether you like it or not, change is inevitable. Change will happen in all of our lives. It could be a good change, it could be a bad change. But change will happen. And how you deal with that change is important. You see, we come to this place in our lives, and I, I want you quickly just to turn to John 15. And we all know the scripture. And I want to read this. But there comes a time, and even the word of God says, speaks about this. Let me just get that. 
that it's necessary for us to take an account of what it is that God is doing in our lives. And I want to read John 15 this morning. And we all know it's the story of the vine. Oh, why are these pages so thin in this thing? So Jesus makes a statement to the disciples. Now I want you to hear, and I know you guys said, oh, we've read the scripture so many times. But I want you to hear what the Spirit of God says to you this morning. You see, the story goes like this. He said, Jesus says to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He said, he cuts away every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. But he trims clean every branch that does produce fruit, so that it will produce even more fruit. You are already clean because of what I have said to you. He says, stay joined to me. And I will stay joined to you. Just as a branch cannot produce fruit unless it stays in the vine, you cannot produce fruit unless you stay joined in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you stay joined to me, I'll stay joined to you. Then you will produce lots of fruit, but you cannot do anything without me. And so he makes a statement, he refers to us as a vine, our lives as a vine. And even Jesus said there are times in our lives, be it physically, emotionally or spiritually, where there's certain things that we need to cut off. There's certain times in our lives that you and I need to give an account of what is good and what is not good in our lives. Amen. You guys are serious this morning. What's going on here? I know the bull's got a hiding, but I mean, we should rejoice in that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Carrie, aren't the lines like on the last place on the log with that team? Carrie's not speaking to me this morning. <laughs> but how many have seen yourselves as the vine? Because let me tell you something, there's nobody in this room that knows what needs to be determined in your life more than you. Let's be honest. You know you're good, you know you're bad. You know what you need to do and what you need to stop. You need to know, you know what you need to add to your life and even people who you need to remove from your life. But it's hard at times because why? Many of us don't like change. We're consistent in what we do. We like doing what we do. You know, we just, we're going to continue to do this because, ah, the result is okay. And God says this, you've got to understand something, that if you grafted into me, now listen to me, because many of you are going through hard times. Many of you are going through difficult times. Many of you don't understand what God is doing right now. But the word of God says that if you are in Christ, you are in the vine. And the word says if you are in the vine, there will come a season where God will prune that which he does not desire in your life. Now let me tell you something. It's a lot easier when we do it ourselves. But when God rocks up, and God starts to prune things and take things out of our lives, you've got to understand something. And I wish I could speak to the youngsters that are in their 20s and their 30s today. Let me tell you something, I got a revelation of, of life the minute I got my grandchildren. And the minute they were born, listen to me, it got my whole life was reset. And I don't know how many Greek grandparents can understand that because, you know, for us when we had kids, it was like, you know, God, I just want to live long enough to see my kids get married. And Lord, please spare me that, that I can just see my grandkids. 
And then that all happens and all of a sudden the grandkids come along and, and all of a sudden there's this whole new life inside of you. And now you're praying, God, please don't take me. Let me see them get married. And all of a sudden your life resets and all of a sudden you're going to say, just now, you're in your 50s now, you can't carry on doing what you do. You need to exercise, you can't carry on eating like this. Spiritually, where are you? And all of a sudden these things start going on in your life. Why? Because I want, I desire to live longer. And if I want to desire to live longer, there are changes that I need to make. Amen? Amen. Yo. <laughs> Was this a difficult subject this morning or what? First Corinthians chapter 6 says this. And I, and I spoke this morning a little bit about one, that we need to start to take care of our own lives. And physically, we need to start to take care of ourselves. There's an old statement that says, you are what you eat. And, and, I, and I'm not, I know this is not even a spiritual thing, but I think it's important that you and I to decide to live healthier lives. Really, we do. We need to. The world is not changing out there. In fact, the world is getting worse and worse and worse and worse out there. And so we look around the world, and I promise you, the world is actually just killing itself right now. And so I want to encourage you guys, take care of yourselves physically. Take care of, of what it is that God is doing in your life. Secondly, I want to speak to you about taking care of your emotional needs and, and your mental health. And I know mental health has become a big word in society these days, but often it's an excuse for bad behavior as well. You know, because they easily say, oh, well, we've got mental health issues. No, this is why they behave the way they do. Oh, well, they've got mental health issues. She's got depression. That's why she's doing drugs. No, no, she's doing drugs. She's, she's got depression because she's doing drugs. It doesn't go the other way around. Remember the word of God says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. It's important. But sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says this. And I want you to hear what, this, what I say to you this morning. It says, it says, You know that your body, you've heard this, is a temple where the Holy Spirit lives. The Spirit in you is a gift from God, and you are no longer your own. God has paid a great price for you, so use your body to honor God. He starts to speak about this thing, and he says, you've got to understand that so your body is a temple. And so if your body is a temple, that means that there is a door. And if there is a door, there's only one person that decides who comes in and out of that door. And you know why it's you? Because God, right in the beginning of time, gave us something called free will. It's probably the greatest curse, but the greatest blessing that we have. But right at the beginning of time, even Adam and Eve had free will. That means that you make the decisions for your life. You see, no, nothing in this world will change unless it comes through you. And we can use these things. Oh, well, you know what? I had, I had such a bad childhood. My mother beat me. She did. Uh, my mother beat me. <laughs> And, and this is why I am the way, where I am. No. Your life is about you. Your life is dependent on the decisions that you make as a person. Let me tell you something that every single one of us here in this room are a direct result of decisions that you and I have made. We are in the situation we're in because of decisions that we made. And what we're living in is a consequence of our decisions. Now more and more, somehow we are teaching our kids that their decisions don't have consequences. 
Because when they do something wrong, we cover it for them. That when they get into a bad space, we apologize on their behalf. And this is the problem we have in, in society today, is that nobody is accountable for what they do. Look at our government. Nobody is accountable for what they do. It's always someone else's fault. And we've got to get over it. And the Word of God says that you've got to understand that this is a temple of God that is filled by the Holy Spirit that is a gift from So if God gave us the Holy Spirit and the house is not clean, does that mean that God can also take away the Holy Spirit when the house is filthy? You see, if I take a jug or I take a bucket and I fill it with a whole lot of stones to the top and I pour water into it, I could probably get about a litre of water in that 20 litre drum because of the stones. But when I take out all the stones, guess what? I can get 20 liters of water in that 20 liter drum. This is the problem though, is that you and I will live on the evaporations of the Holy Spirit. We've got so much stuff in us that we refuse to deal with, we don't want to deal with, we don't like to deal with it, and when God pours into our lives, He can only pour in to the amount that we can receive. And most of you think you're in a really good place with God right now, but you're only getting a litre out of the 20 litres that God has for you. That when you start to pluck out the stones and the rocks in your life and the things that should not be there, let me tell you something, everything that is in your life that you need to remove is there to destroy you. Listen to me, think about what I'm saying. Everything that you're struggling with right now is there to destroy you. There's not one thing in your life that you need to remove that is going to steal your joy. Listen to me. Be it tablets, be it alcohol, be it drugs, be it women, be it affairs, be it sport, be it whatever. Whatever it is. Don't you listen to the enemy to tell him that you cannot do without it. It's the biggest lie there is. There's the biggest lie it is that I will never make it without it. I'll never be able to survive without it. Imagine if we had that same mentality when it came to the things of God. Imagine if we had that same mentality that we say, Oh God, I cannot give up your word because if I give up your word, I'm going to die. And we don't say that. But somehow we convince that if we give up cigarettes, we're going to die. <laughs> Nobody has died giving up cigarettes yet. Ever. This is how we compare. It is harder to eat healthier than to read the Word of God. You see, the Spirit of God is in us. That means that the things of God should come naturally to us. Why? Because if we're the temple of God and the presence of God is in us, that everything that is of God should be easy and light. That's what the Word of God says. Carry my yoke. Carry my burden. Why? Because it's easy and light. It's not heavy. It's not a heavy thing. The problem is that we want to run all over the place. And we don't understand that what we take in is important. That if I eat bad, I look bad. And it's the same thing with my mental health. Ask yourself, ask yourself, what it is that, what it is that I watch? What is it that I read? 
Who are the people around me? Who are the people I mix with? What do you believe in? Ask yourself. Because these are the things that have direct access to your life. You see, the Word of God says this, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. But everything, 90% of what you and I take in, come in through the... We see the Word of God. We see God working in people's lives. And we don't understand as much as that affects us, so does the things that we watch. So does the things that we listen to. So does the things that we joke about. So does the people that we mix with. And I know this is quite a serious thing, but church, we nonchalantly listen to witchcraft and black magic and all this nonsense on TV. And whether you like it or not, it starts to take root somewhere. It starts to take root somewhere. We've got our kids listening to this Halloween junk and little songs they're singing. It's going into their little minds. They're this big. They're this big. And we're playing little Halloween songs to them. And you want to know when she's 13, she wants to become a witch. Why? Have you listened to some of the music that we listen to? So tell myself I made a note late recently that we actually look at the words of every song we listen to now. And I love music. Don't make a mistake. I love country music, rock and roll, any music. I love it all. I really do. But we made a conscious decision to see what we're singing and what we're listening to. And you cannot believe. Remember that you, what you speak, you believe. And like he says to the Valley of Dry Bones, I said this morning, what you prophesy shall be. We don't understand what we prophesy when we sing some of these songs. Some of these songs are brilliant songs, even though they're secular. They're really good stuff. Be wary of what you read. You cannot read horoscopes and tarot cards and go to fortune tellers and think that that's okay. You cannot look at a horoscope every... How many people are born in August? Yeah, there we go. You're going to have a great day and some favors coming your way. <laughs> and all the August guys are, yes, thank you, Jesus. It's a word. There are one billion people that are born in August in the world. How do you believe that stuff? <laughs> but yet the word of God will come to you and say, Thus saith man, he saith the Lord, Arise and shine for the light has come, for the glory of the Lord is upon you. And we go, what is that about? Jason, I'm sending you to the darkest of Africa to declare my word. Well, I don't want to go darkest of Africa. But then some old lady with a little ball in front of him says, Jason, I think you're going to leave the country. Close on, pack your bags. We're going. And it sounds like a joke, but we believe this junk. Sometimes I'm asking ourselves, what the hell are we doing? Guys, what are we doing? What are we doing? Listening to these fortune tellers and tarot cards and all these crazy movies that are out there. There is no such thing as magic. It's called miracles. And it only comes from one person. That's it. You can't make a bunny come out of a hat. If you still believe that, it's not true. I'm sorry. No. Santa is not real. All right? And no. 
and there are no Easter bunnies. Think about it. A rabbit giving us an egg. Wouldn't it be better for the chicken to give us an egg? Wouldn't that be more realistic? And we get caught up in consumerism. We get caught up in consumerism. We get caught up in this junk. And all of a sudden, our kids got 18,000 chocolates. They're getting diabetes by the time they're 10. But thank God it's Easter. We've got to take care of our mental health. We've got to guard our thinking. We've got to guard our thinking. And the only time that we can guard our thinking is when we guard what comes in. What comes in? Think about it. What are you putting into your kids' minds? I was only 37 when I found that Santa wasn't real. <laughs> Listen to me. I've got no problem celebrating Christmas. I love it. I'm a Christmas person. Yes, people have told me the tree is this and it comes from the... I don't care. I've got a Christmas tree because I like putting presents underneath it. And I like the lights. But also don't get caught up in that let your kid believe that some fat guy that should have been on a diet with a grey beard and things going to give him free gifts. And please don't take your kid to Secret Santa, make him sit in Santa's lap and ask him what he can't get. It's not fair. Listen to me. It's not fair. We put expectations on our kids. And when our kids don't meet those expectations, they become disappointed. And they become disappointed often in the things of God. Because why? They see God as this God that just gives. And he is the thing God that gives, but he gives love and grace and mercy. We've got to get out of this thing that if we just, you know what, if I give you five rand, I'm going to trust Stephen that he's going to give me a bicycle. No, 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 no. That's not sowing what Sean speaks about. That is manipulation. When you give to get, then rather keep your money. But when you give because you love him, when I give because I love Lausanne and I give her something, or when I give Fernando something, out of love, with no expectation of receiving back, that is true giving. That is what seed looks like. That's what seed looks like. And we've got to get that. Lastly, when we come to the topic of growth, I want to speak about our spiritual growth. And when I speak about spiritual growth, I lost my page. Oh, here you go. Okay. Spiritual growth. Three quick questions. All right. That I want you to think about this. What does your Christian character look like? So let's, let's go to superheroes now. Let's go to Marvel. And go to Superman and Batman and all these guys that can do the great stuff. But if I had to ask you something, what does your Christian character look like? That if I had to explain to you, Luzon, what kind of a Christian are you? Can you tell me? Do you know what your Christian character looks like? Secondly, I want to ask you this. What does your Christian conduct look like? What does your Christian conduct look like? Not just do you look like a Christian, but do you behave like a Christian? The thirdly, I want to ask you this. Oh, thirdly, I want to say this. Are you making Christian converts? Why? Because the word says they will be produced after our own kind. So how do we know that we've got healthy sheep? They give us lambs. How do we know that we've got healthy chickens? They give us eggs and chicks. How do we know we've got healthy cows? They give us great steaks. <laughs> Alright? You hear what I'm saying? Something that is healthy 
will naturally reproduce after its own kind. So if I'm an apple tree, guess what? I'm not going to be able to produce bananas. Is that a science lesson? This crowd, guys, these guys, VP, high school, yeah. <laughs> I was in VP, joking. We, we know this. We know this stuff. We know this stuff. We would take apples, we would put in the ground, it gets apples, and it gets apples. How is it possible that you and I believe that we can act a certain way, but our fruit can be different to who we are? How is it that we can treat people like absolute dirt, hey, but expect everyone to love us? How is it possible that we can scream at our kids and tell them how useless they are and how pathetic they are and beat their asses all the way to the car after church? But on Wednesday, you go, oh, praise you, Jesus, we thank you. Hey, don't make a mistake, kids need hardings. You hear what I'm saying here? But it's how we react to these things and what our character looks like. You see, the biggest test is this. That if I had to ask someone that knows you, whether you're a good Christian or a bad Christian, I'd love to know what they've got to say. And I wonder how we'd go, what? He's a Christian. <laughs> We've got to ask ourselves. You see, there's, there's a few things, and I'm end with this, there's a few key things that when we look at spiritual growth, one, the Word of God has to be in us. So if you want hard things to do, if Hendricks and have ice baths and run around, let us, let us commit to reading the Word of God this week. Can we do that? Four of us. This side, this side. Can we all read the Word of God this week? Oh, praise God, they're good this side. You have to read the Word of God. The Word of God says that the Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You cannot survive on salty cracks for the rest of your life. The Word of God says that you come to a place where milk is no longer good enough and you have to start to eat meat. That's why it's ungodly to be a vegetarian. <laughs> Just thought I'd make that fact right. But think about it. Imagine if you were still getting milk and you're 55 years old. That's all you got was just milk. This is the word of God. We still want to drink milk, but we want to grow in the things of God. We want to be great prophets and great evangelists and great preachers, but we haven't got the word of God in us. Firstly, secondly, you have to be committed to a life of prayer. I've been watching this, I don't know what is it, IPL is not XXX20, this cricket. I've got no problem sitting for five hours in front of the TV watching these guys. Five hours. Come to my prayer life, oh Lord Jesus. I was standing here this morning worshipping and my mind is all over the place. Who's with me? You see, we've got to commit to a life of prayer. Let's do the hard things. Let's do the hard things. Let's learn to be constant and to be intentional. Your spiritual growth is affected by, thirdly, your actions. How do you respond in a time of crisis and how do you respond in a time of gladness? Do you celebrate God's goodness? Because you know this old saying, it says, a God in need is a God indeed. You guys know, us that really didn't study at school. How much time we spend in prayer to pass our exams? Never studied, but we really wanted God to give us 80%. You know what I mean? Oh, Jesus. I'm going to give my life to you. 
get baptized next week again. And somehow we think that, that God is some kind of a bargaining tool. That sometimes we think that, oh God, you know, I'm going to sacrifice 20 minutes of reading the Word this morning. I need you to bless me. You can't give to get. That's not God. That's not God. Get into the Word of God. Get into a time of prayer. Look at your Christian character. You see, Christian character comes out in hardship. It comes in the valleys. It doesn't always come on the mountains. And I don't know about you, but I fail this often over and over again. I lose my temper and I get cross about something and I say stupid stuff. And I've got to check my, my actions. Check your church life. Check your commitment to the things of God. These is impact your spiritual life. Reading the word, prayer, actions, attending church. These are the things that grow spiritual health. It carries on, it says, check your character. What others see in you, that's your character. What others see in you, that's your character. Change your character if you need to. How you respond to the good and bad in your life depends on your spiritual growth in where you are. So Dal said something to me a while back and I said it to you. She said, if you don't look for God in everything, you're going to find Him in nothing. But if you look for God in everything, you're going to find Him in everything. That has changed my life completely. I promise you, it's given me the most peace that I've ever had in 23 years of ministry. That doesn't matter what happens in my life these days. I take a step back and I go like this. Watch, God's going to work for the good. Why? Because He loves and believes in me and He's called according to my purpose. I'm called according to His purpose. If you give God space, God will do what He needs to do. And He will do it His way. And He will do something that glorifies Him. He doesn't often give us the desires of our hearts. Carries on, it says, do you love unconditionally? Do you love unconditionally? Because this is part of your spiritual growth. And it's important because He loves us unconditionally. He loves us warts and all. But somehow everybody needs to change around us for us to love them. Hey? We, 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 we only want to love certain people. Or we just want to love certain color people. Or we only want to love Christians and not the Muslims. Or, or we, we don't want to love the homeless, but we want to love those who are staying in hotels. Listen to the word. Unconditional love. You know what that means? That means that God is going to love me in the same way that I love others. And how is it that he had to give up so much to, 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 to scratch out my transgressions, but yet we want to give up nothing for him to love us back? Find out, do you really love unconditionally? Do you love your mother-in-law? Do you love your ex-wife? Oh, but good, that's a difference. No, no, it's not a different story. Love is unconditional. Love is unconditional. Yes, you might not like the guy, but you know what? You love him like Christ loves you. That's how you love people. Second last, your spiritual growth will change the atmosphere around you. Let me tell you something. You want to see a good company? You'll see a director that is praying for his company. You want to see a healthy company? You want to see a director that opens the word of God, that treats his people well, 
that he has unconditional love. He knows what it is to forgive. He has good character. He's the same yesterday. He's the same when he's in a good mood. He's the same when he's in a bad mood. That is what it looks like. And you and I need to get that place and understand that when the fullness of God is in us, the atmosphere changes around us. I put these last two questions, and the question was this. Do other people desire my life? Do people desire your life right now? Do people want what you got? Because by rights, people should be crazy about what you've got to want it. Do they want your marriage? Do they want your kids? Do they want your business? Do they want who you are? Do they want the spirituality and the, and, and the fullness of God that is upon you and in you? Do they want that? Do people want your life? And in closing, I want to say this. And what does the fruit look like? What does the fruit look like? You see, you bear fruit, whether you like it or not. Every one of you in this room bear fruit. Some of it's good fruit, some of it's bad fruit. But every one of you produce fruit. And you produce fruit after your own kind. What does the fruit look like? What does the fruit look like? In closing, I told you I've got this veggie patch. Till you, the enemy comes to rob, to kill, and to destroy? Yeah, I've got that there. So I found these tomatoes. They're like Italian tomatoes. I don't know what they're called, but they're these long tomatoes. And eventually I found this stuff, and he goes, after like three attempts of growing tomatoes, eventually these things took. All right? So now I've got this whole big section of these big tomatoes growing, but I mean, they use like, but they're green. The problem is that they only ripen every year and there, you know, they don't all ripen at once. So now I've noticed the last three nights I've got this little guy that comes to visit me. I'm not sure who he is yet. <laughs> but you know what? That guy is so freaking clever. Do you know that he only picks and eats the fruit that is ripe? He doesn't pull off a green tomato. He doesn't pull off a half green tomato. He goes up that thing and he bites off the right tomato and he drops it. And all he does, he eats out all the seed in the middle. Tonight is me and him, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to get a sniper for him tonight. But there's a point to this. There's a point to this. And I said to Shani this morning, when I opened the slide door, and I went, oh, there goes my tomatoes again and a big hole in it. And I thought, it's amazing how this guy knows when fruit are ripe and when they're not. And I wish we knew that. I wish we knew when the fruit is ripe in our lives. You know, sometimes it's just green and we want to give it to everybody else. You know, there are many young Christians that are walking around here. But everyone's got the expectation that they must do what Christians have been doing that have been saved for 30 years. And we don't understand the importance of growing alongside someone. The importance of what mentorship looks like. The importance of walking and journeying a road with someone that is going through a hard and a difficult time. That is fruit. That when you're able to bring out the best in someone else, that is fruit. But you cannot bring out the best in someone else if you haven't brought out the best in you. Amen. And I might sound selfish, Right now, in closing, do what you guys come up. But I want to say this to you. Make this about you over the next few weeks.
Ask yourself the hard questions. Ask yourself physically, where am I? Where am I physically? Do I need to exercise? Do I need to eat healthy? What do I need to do? Emotionally, ask yourself, where are we? Where am I? Am I going through a hard time? Well, let's go chat to someone. Am I struggling with something? Well, let's chat to someone. And spiritually, where are you? Let's ask hard questions. And am I a good Christian or a bad Christian? Have I got fruit or haven't I got fruit? What do people see in me? What do people see in me? Do people desire my life? Is the word of God in me? Is prayer in me? Is there a character in me that people look and go, I want to be just like him? And this year may be the year of more than enough in your life. But like I said last week as well, if you're not going to use what God is giving you, he'll just give it to the next man. Because we're coming into a season right now, church, where God desires the dry bones to stand up. God desires the church to wake up. It's time for us to start doing the hard stuff. Look at our lives. What is of God and what is not of God? Simple. You will not die. I promise you. Anything of the enemy that you give up will not cause death. I promise you. Anything that you have that 